always extra. I'm Gray Holger here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And we are diving back into the mid '90s and the relapse release catalog today, which is exciting. Actually, it's strange how such an influential record, I think, for all of us, took this long to talk about. But that's the nature of what we do. There's so much great stuff to talk about that sometimes you you just take it for granted, and then. Some days you're like, oh, I feel like talking about this. Sometimes you got to save it. And in this case, that's true. The this we're talking about is Brighter Death Now's Inner War, also released on vinyl uh, in Cold Meat Industry, 1996, and CD on release, Relapse, and just a perfect record. Very excited to discuss this Last week's episode on Escore, My Candle Is Die, got us very excited. We like to talk about the obscure releases, the mortars, the strange, super obscure stuff we do with Shane English a lot of times. (laughs) And sometimes we forget that how fun it is to talk about the ultimate classic albums could probably tell how much fun we had talking about Escore last week. You're going to get that same feeling this week as we discuss Inner War. It's insane that this is our first Brighter Death Now episode. We did do Little Roger or Little Roger. I'm going to pronounce it both ways. We'll see what happens. Oh, Apologies to Mr. Roger Roger if you are indeed checking this out. But we just want to cover all the bases. Just exactly. pronounce it every way. I'm going to get it wrong. Think. It's an American uh, tale yeah. as old as time. Oh, Me Lord. pronouncing <laughs> other languages completely incorrectly. But yes, this is an incredible record to discuss and certainly an early one for all of us. But before we get into Brighter Death Now's Inner War, Got to do some recent listening. Gray, what have you been listening to, my man? You know, I felt bad last week. I, I listed a couple things, and there was one glaring omission that I think I had listened to it too much and maybe even taken it for granted. And I have had the luxury of hearing it sort of before a lot of other people, which would be the Any and All Action compilation <laughs> on Whoa. Initiation Services. Ah. It's one of those things. Like, I really, I got to hear it as soon as the lineup was assembled and all yes. the tracks were done. and. And I helped duplicate the cassettes. And so I, it just didn't even stick with me. But I I think even you came over at some point between the it's episodes true. and I was playing it. <laughs> I'm like, that oh, is yeah. true. <laughs> no, you were a, a huge part of it and uh, yes, the production of, of it and being on it as well. That's true. Brand new project. We are so excited. And if I'm not mistaken, you are one of the few people that still has copies available. So yeah, I have copies in the, in the web shop. Uh, the contradict store. So uh, maybe I'll put a link up to that because I think it's all gone from the mm-hmm. label. Oh yeah, exactly. Yes, they're a Euro and Canadian distro will have it soon. But other than that, that is it. Other than artist copies and your copies as well. Yeah, so. great. You've been hearing about it for a long time through text. Yeah, and I got previews of all the productions. I think we yeah. even uh, met at the print shop one day and I saw some of the <laughs> artwork and amazing inserts in progress because it's such a heavy package. So yeah, that one's been on repeat and rotation. My brain just fizzled the other week. So here it is. It now. happens. Yeah. Has, has anybody ever done a set at a 
FedEx Kinkos because that definitely should happen. Feels like someone. Feels like it feels like Crank has... Sturgeon in uh... like 1996 did a performance in his local <laughs> Kinkos, right? Or you know, I'm completely making that up. We're but just gonna let's record actually a batch. spread that rumor. Yeah. yeah, that Crank Sturgeon did a Kinkos performance in 1996. Uh, the early just, days uh, of. Yeah. Assembling collage and feeding like white outed and spray painted paper through the copiers at four in the morning definitely felt like a form of performance art or actionism. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, they used to the, open 24 the hours. The one I think we went to, there was a 24 hour one in yeah, Arbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the Lexington one was too. Yeah, this the one Lexington that we go to now definitely is not. Was. And then, thank God for the people <laughs> who work there. Not yeah. Want yeah, 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 a 24 yeah, yeah. hour. No. Work that wild. We go yeah. to Hollywood. No. It's funny because I've really. A one guy who works there has become my guy, and we've be, we've you know talk now anytime I'm there, and I just ask him like, how do you deal with every day? He's like, dude, you just you just put your blinders on and you just deal with it like that. We were making copies, and a lady walked by and flipped over. For I don't know if she thought her something had printed out on the blue paper, and she flips it over, and all she sees is NAS. And she just kind of looked at me and she was like, Ugh. yeah, he's great because he, he <laughs> obviously has over. glimpsed some of the things we yeah. do there and has no problem. And I actually even showed him an entire package yeah. of he's like, because he just asked, he's like, what? he's like, what do you guys do? What are you doing? And so I just showed him the whole thing and he's like, oh, that's so he's cool. Like, do you just hand these he's out to people? Guy. Like, yeah, yeah. No. He's got no like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm certain that when he saw a cassette, he, he did. the. He must have like done that brain scramble thing where yeah. you know the you know but yeah yes fun. kinko's kinko's adventures but great what else have There's you so much been more listening to the last week i mentioned the crematorio atlantico by am sontag interclinic and i think i may have gotten the title and the band flipped on that one last week uh new project to me but uh am sontag interclinic is the project name and it's on the creative institute label and they also released this new thing by no nation called Moore's eterna and Actually, it sounds kind of like Brighter Death Now Interwar. It has a lot of that good rhythmic power electronics. Also, it sounds a bit like the uh, predecessor to Interwar, Necros Evangelicum, Ooh, where yeah. it has the mm. heavy, dark, atmospheric, death industrial, more death industrial than power electronic. And it's a kind of a merging of those two things. And I think it was released in a box set on like a USB drive, but I've just been playing it on the Bandcamp, which I will definitely link. And yeah, really cool. Uh, it's a, uh, um, so, you know, like I said, uh, our friend Sean Reagan had told me about this label and that, that project to the Amazon Tech Interclinic. And so now I'm just checking out the label and getting, you know, updates when they release something new and, and digging into that. So it's kind of a cool discovery of something that I had no real reference for. And I've been listening to, I got a, a box of tapes in the mail from Hospital Productions and the new Geography of Hell. El Mazote mm. is, uh, yeah, just another perfect geography of hell tape. Very happy to be listening to that one. I've just gotten a good handful of plays around here this week and just soaking it in so much so that I haven't actually made my way through the other cassettes yet, but I think that'll be happening. It's just, you pop it in, you let it play and you, and you dig into it. I also pulled out the, uh, Verdun 1916 and gave that a re-listen. So not, not as many times as I've gone through El Mazote because I'm a little more familiar with it. Also, our friend Jonathan Kennedy has a new project called Shadow Structure, which is him, uh, I would say, returning to metal roots, but that's not really fair to say because it's still so dark and atmospheric. Uh, it is 
bass guitar, some programming, synth, lots of reverb and vocals. And there's a new track on his band camp called The Last Days. Uh, just a single track. There's a few individual singles up there. And I've been jamming that one too. So Shadow Structure, cool to check out if you haven't yet. And I'll put a link up to that track and you can check out the rest of his band camp from there. Hell yeah. And Connelly's, what have <laughs> you been listening to? Well, we... Also received the new hospital tapes, and yes, that geography was getting played, and that was one of the massacres that I was not familiar was, with. Neither I, of us were. I was not familiar. Yeah, and we did look it up, and it is gut wrenching, very brutal. El Salvador, nineteen eighty one, really, really brutal massacre and incident. As all the geography records or the date and the location of mm-hmm. massacre, war, et cetera. This was, this took place over a number of days in El Salvador, 1981. So really, really heavy backstory, not human violence, true backstory yeah. behind to the, to the theme of the tape. As, and, you know, geography is always just so great with that. The art's always spot on mm-hmm. the tape that we've been flipping over and over and over is the agonal lust mankind is a talisman of misfortune really excited about agonal lust yeah really think these guys are the real deal i've really enjoyed the lp and this tape i think even maybe more just getting played a lot there's some really haunting tracks on there i believe it's the second track the night digger that was particularly a favorite here but yeah, it's getting played. I think the cover is insane. It's yes, just just a really great one. And again, with these international misanthropies, you get the interviews. The geography one is so great and specific to geography. The agonal lust one is so strange. I, I love how each interview is spe- very different and specific to the artist. They're not just a standard. The same questions. There a lot of thought goes into the questions mm-hmm. uh, than getting interesting answers. So really enjoyed that and. Great, kind of a similar situation where this got stuck on repeat so much that we still need to get to the government alpha and the OR. But taking our time, we did get to one of our other new favorite projects. And I know Tara has an especial affinity for this project from where she grew up and lived in her early years. That being Acoustic Shadows, the Scouts at Gettysburg tape. And this project is just growing and growing and growing. And it's so exciting and i know you particularly a lot of the sounds and samples and stuff you know remind you of a lot of different things growing up mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and you know even even listening to inner war thinking about brighter enough now thinking about places in europe where people can be touched by history on a daily basis we don't experience that as readily here and and hearing acoustic shadows does make me think about that. Like I lived in South Carolina, I lived in Kentucky, I lived all over the South, um, in in different uh, areas, and had been to Civil War reenactments and cannon um, shoots. You know, like where you, where you everybody sits around and, and shoots off a cannon and but touched <laughs> by history. I like yeah, that. exactly. I like that, yeah. and and especially in America, the history being 
you know, much, you know, much shorter than, exactly. than European or other areas. So having this be something that you were, you know, in the areas of this yes. history, I know it's something that's uh, important to you through this project. I lived in a neighborhood that only had the names of battles as the street names, and it was called Powderhorn. So, Yes. <laughs> incredible so yeah those have been the main listens this week as well as a lot of brighter death now i was asking a friend what their favorite brighter death now album was and they said you know it's really hard and i said i know because there's so many different zones and so many different areas they go something like necros evangelicum is nighttime red wine brighter death now greatest death maybe five in the afternoon four in the afternoon gray rainy maybe a storm's out maybe you've, you're just feeling off and greatest death is going to not help you feel any better. It's just going to fit that off feeling. <laughs> and inner war is for when you just want to fucking kill. Yeah, there's so many different moods in BDN, and picking a favorite is nearly impossible. Great death is, of course, a classic. Uh, very little fun from 2011. The three CD or four LP set is. I've mentioned before, I think it's amazing how massive that set is and how good all of the songs are like as well. It's like, wow, he, he can just make a four LP and it, it flies by and feels all incredibly cohesive. Uh, Necros, Pain in Progress, Slaughterhouse. There's so many great BDN releases, but also, you know, a big one that came right after this one was May All Be Dead. And that has I Wish I Was a Little Girl, which was also on the Absolute Supper, which I think helped introduce a new audience to cold meat industry through that compilation to a lot of the artists. And there was also a compilation that came out a year before this one, which helped introduce people to cold meat industry on a wider scale, which was, and even the wolves hid their teeth and tongue wherever shelter was given. That compilation was also distributed and, and done in a U.S. pressing via project records. Uh, right. Who, you know, we talked to Sam Rosenthal. We talked to Sam Rosenthal a while back and we talked about sort of ex exposing his audience to the darker side of things and to the point where he licensed this compilation and there was a U.S. pressing of this Cold Me compilation available from Project, the, one of the largest sellers at that point, especially of dark industrial and ambient music in the United States. So very cool to think about people getting exposed through that and getting an, a sampling of the label and then, you know, Necro's... Necros Evangelicum was out then, and this was in the works, but came out in, I think it was finalized in February of 96 and came out in 1996. So very cool, different moods. And I think Necros Evangelicum and May All Be Dead are a perfect sandwich for this record. It makes sense when you listen to the three of these sort of in order. Yeah, I was surprised when I read that Roger said Inner War, Necros, Evangelicum, and Great Death 3 were all recorded recorded at parallel times, all at the same time. Uh, so he, he, you know, working out different emotions, working out different moods, and, and had an idea for what each 
album would be. And of course, I was saying Greatest Death. We were also saying Great Death because Greatest Death being the CD that is the voted on tracks from Great Death 1, 2, and 3. Mm -hmm. A lot of great confusion within the Brighter Death Now discography. May All Be Dead has this as well. For the extra segment today, we are going to be talking about cold meat industry around this time Mm -hmm. and how it was a big year, 95, 96, big couple years for the label. Again, connecting with Project and connecting with a lot of different areas of the underground. But Interwar, of course, as we say over and over again, I'm sure if anyone's done a drinking game with us, you will be hammered every time we mention the importance of relapse and release and CDs and releases on this oh, yeah, label. like a noise extra bingo of Exactly. Sorts. And um, Interwar yes. was one of those. And certainly... I, I, this was an early CD purchase for myself from Relapse and went to put it in this week in a new, newer CD player than had been played before. And pretty much every track was just, it was a sensitive CD. It's a better CD player than we've had. Yeah. So it's a little sensitive. And I mean, the CD is just like, it looks like I sharpened a knife with it. I mean, it's just been played <laughs> over well, 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, so it's one of those that like, you know how long it's been with you because you have the, the CD where is like, yeah, it's been this, in like this four been cars. In, yeah. Tours. Tour this, yeah. This is like, this is just lived with us forever. Unfortunately, don't have the hype sticker on this. Do, does your copy? Do you have you? I assume you all. I know you have the LP, which we do not have. I do have the LP. I assume you have the CD. I do have the CD, and it has the hype sticker. Nice. Also, ah. I remember where I bought both, which is one of those funny things that you don't often get. And I know I bought the LP on my first tour at a place in Portland called Crossroads, which was sort of a a den of different record sellers that had their own booths and one of them had like spk tg bdn all this stuff and i was like Mm -hmm. cool well i've been spending money all tour that i barely have been earning and now i'm gonna spend the last of my money on rare industrial and power electronics records it's the Uh, best yeah we're 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 so much more responsible now it's so crazy oh yeah right yeah everything would never never do that yeah no nowadays no not at all not at all not a chance (laughs) on buying records And also the CD I know I bought at one of those record swaps, record fairs that happened like a VFW hall in, in Michigan. Right. And on. I used to go to those things because I'm also a crazy person. And that's like what you do. You go deal with other crazy people who are trying to sell you some of their junk. It's like a swap meet, but it's all records. If you haven't been to one mm. of those, you are missing out. <laughs> it's quite an experience. And yeah, you can yeah. get some great Pink Floyd bootlegs too. But <laughs> I got my copy of Inner War at one of those from a bin of a metal guy who who had must have gotten it because it was on relapse and was like, mm-hmm. nope, because <laughs> it was, I think, maybe sold as new, but definitely kind of beat up. Right, right. Yeah. Not not shrink wrapped. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of those. But I would have to say, Tara, this would have been one that I would have had when we first. Yes, you definitely got together. And I would have it. to assume that. Part of what you remember has to be some of the images that are in this CD booklet as well as CD tray. Yes. Of course, I I certainly was taken aback upon my first visit into uh, Mike's den 
his bedroom uh, with the futon on the floor that had fallen apart and stacks of seven inches along the walls. And uh, Rectal Anarchy, and fully on display, was the first record many she anuses, saw. Uh, strewn about the wall. Exactly. Yes. A hundred percent. And then, and then even more. And I was like, wow, do all of your records have buttholes on them? Again, I, this we've had this, we've told this tale. Um, but, it, but also upon looking at his other records, I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, he's, he's into some scenes, huh? Uh, and, and, you know, I, I was kind of like a duck in water. I think I was like, I'm in, let's go. A hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that's why, I mean, look, this, I, as I, I'm sure I've said before, there's if you, you know, early on, it was it was pretty quick. First week. It's like, here's rectal anarchy. Here's porno noise. Here's CDs that include Brighter Death and Underwar. I got a couple movies for us to watch. Cannibal Holocaust being one. What do you think? Hey, 23 years <laughs> later. Intense. I'm thinking it's are. intense. So you know what? Well, Anyone out there? You want to take my romantic Please advice? Please don't. Do not take his romantic advice ever. It, it, it only works it once. It, it only, only works worked once. on one person, gotcha, gotcha. and it's me. Now, well, guys, before we continue our discussion of this album, a word from our sponsor. Now available on Oxen Records, Incapacitance, Oxen Man's Uneasiness CD. Newest studio recordings from arguably the most important group in noise history, pushing the boundaries of their enduring style. NBDY. Woods and Wires CDs, Superior Harsh Noise Cut Up from Czech Republic, Title Still Available, Dressing from the Body to the Door, Scum Unsustainable Social Condition, Necessary Downfall, Leah P. Surviving the Familiar, Available at oxenrecords.bigcartel.com. Upon hearing this on these many listens that we've had this week, because of course we, we just keep going back in, I was filled with intense nostalgia like there's this certain yeah. thing like when you hear certain samples you're just you know taken back to the first time you heard it and and especially the listen today this was just sitting so perfectly with me so last night i wake up after only being asleep for an hour in the middle of an asthma attack and if anybody's ever woken up that way, you don't really go back to sleep afterwards. And uh, if you're with the person having an asthma attack, you also don't really go back. To yeah, sleep. you kind of associate like sleeping with dying or choking or anything of that nature. It's just it's strange. So, you know, you then you kind of experience time on a different plane where you're just sitting in the dark with your thoughts um, thinking, you know, maybe during the daytime you think time flies by and then it's the middle of the night and you think that time drags on forever and you don't know if the night will ever end and you're struggling to breathe. And that is the perfect place to listen to this because it is, you know, today I was just thinking like, this is about the act of being disturbed. You know, it's, it's about the physical body and struggling and really seeing the world as a frustrating place and trying to find a way to deal with it. And one way to deal with it is the way Ted Bundy dealt with it. And that is the first sample we get in inner war right off the bat. Yeah. That slow burn droning buzz. And one of the things about brighter death now is doing so much with so little. So when you look oh, at yeah. the mm. gear list on this, which is classic, the gear list is I've uh, heard so many people got their setups or 
things in their setup early on from this list. Yeah, you've got uh, Foxtex X15, which is a multi-track tape deck. You have a Boss Dr. Rhythm DR55, a very, very crude drum machine that I am surprised. I have one. I'm, I'm surprised that the sounds on this come out of that. Mm -hmm. Yamaha EMP100 and a Yamaha FL01 flanger and a Tokai analog delay. It was also recorded on a Fostex R8, and that is a reel-to-reel multi-track unit that was made for home use, but it's got two big reels on it. So the recording quality on this is really good, recorded to tape and utilizing tape, obviously for the samples and that stuff. I think he was assembling and overdubbing. There's no sampler used on this, so... You're just getting stuff placed on tape and played back, which is awesome. And obviously mastered by Dave Shirk for extra brutality. We've talked about the relapse release <laughs> mastering before, and this one has it. But one thing that you'll notice that I don't mention really is distortion. There's not a ton of it on here. Everything's distorted, but it's this high gain, blown out, yeah. fuzzy, nasty, super saturated distortion I think from recording to a couple different tape machines and it gives such a character to the sound. And yeah, I, my notes just say the sample <laughs> because <laughs> if you've heard inner war, you know, you know that there is this great Ted Bundy sample at the beginning of it. And we get that for like a minute and a half and it starts off kind of calm. You might even think that it's Necros Evangelicum. It's like, kind of buzzing, droning, dark ambient, and in about 90 seconds, that is completely wiped away. And talking about this being recorded at the same time as Necros and Great Death 3 also makes you think this was recorded for release. This is the album for the metal label doing Extreme Noise records in 1995-96, right? Well, it's funny because going through the Spectrum compendium, you really see the feeling and sentiment that was going on at the time with this record compared to earlier brighter death now, and then may all be dead. And I want to say maybe may all be dead is the last one covered in spectrum. I might be wrong. We've been reading so much stuff, but hmm. it's, it's interesting because you feel that there was a, not so much controversy, but there was talk about how different Inner War was from the earlier Brighter Death Now, which is just the way we got into Brighter Death Now, or at least for certainly the two of us. I don't know if this was the first Brighter Death Now you heard, Gray, but this was for us. So I always, this was the baseline for me, whereas people who were following the project prior this was a big change and then it's also going to be moving forward the brighter death now sound will be a lot in this inner war area yeah i think of a blend of power electronics industrial and noise yeah exactly a perfect blend and were you was this the first one you heard great i the first well yes but because as we'll talk about when we get a few tracks later, there's a track from this album in a movie that I like very much. And so that would have certainly been my first time hearing Brighter Death Now, but maybe not knowing it. 
Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But you weren't, it wasn't like you heard this and like, wow, this is a lot different from Necros. No, I, I was right, not. Right, I, well, right. I didn't have great death sitting on the shelf. No, this was, right, this was right. the one that kind of broke BDN for me. And I guess we're not really people that like hear an album and go, oh man, they're totally different. I'm angry. Like, yeah. I, I, like if somebody is an artist, I want to see where they're going to take it. You know, if, you know, who cares if it stays in the same vein as long as it's taking you somewhere interesting sometimes it doesn't work and sometimes it does and damn right it works with inner war but yeah greg you said that just the sample you're it's it's starting off slow but then oh my god it just explodes and then here we are with really what we're gonna the area we're gonna be in for a good majority of this it's so aggressive like i refer to it so aggressive i refer to it in my notes as the psychotic break a minute and a half in it just something snaps and the sounds are so good and strange the, it, on this one this rhythmic element to it sounds like scissors or shears cutting amplified and delayed it's so nasty and there's this chanting this mantra that Carmonic is doing which turns into a manic glee and moans and excitement. And it's a, it's a frenzy. There's a, there's a snap and it's all out frenzy. The manic wild vocals. This is the most P E of brighter death now up to this point in their existence. And all of a sudden we are here and it's just, wow, let's go. Yeah, and to bring Ted Bundy into it, I know I've said it before, but for me, Ted Bundy was always the scariest serial killer or the most, you know, uh, unnerving for me because he just used whatever he found. Like, it wasn't like he's like, ah, I have this knife and I'm going to do this. He would, right. He would. He could have that or But he he could also snap and find a log and use the log instead or a hairspray bottle or any. And I just always found that to be just so. And it just has a different flavor than everything else because there's this level of just meanness you know and it was like and just that he need, and that it's just complete compulsion he needs to do yeah. it he because that night where he goes into the sorority house he he had he was at a, a disco or whatever before and and it, it he it didn't work out but he was like oh i'm i'm I didn't kill, but I'm I'm like I'm I'm raring to go. So then he goes to the sorority and house. He so, improvises. And he improvises. So which is just a a different level. And with this CD as well, Gray, like you pointed out, the idea that maybe this was had relapse release in mind because there is something very American about the use mm-hmm. of Ted Bundy as well as some of the other samples, which to be honest, we really, really tried hard to decipher some of them and yeah. we got some clues but don't 100 know so if you know gray please let us know if anyone knows please let us know and it could literally be stuff where like like mike you literally used a sample from the same interview on another thing podcast, yeah, you know because yeah. because it just it it, it sometimes yes. when it's distorted and buried and out of context it's it can be a little difficult to pick out even sometimes when i'll use samples and i think they're very obvious it's not necessarily obvious, but I, you know, because obvious because I 
you know, know what they are, but maybe in the context, you're not totally aware. Yeah, and some people's voices be. are really distinct, but, uh, yeah. but, but even this, the tone of the American news broadcast is so familiar, you know, the accents and even an American tale, um, telling the story of two children stabbed, uh, at, at the ed, at outside at a daycare while the other children were inside having a snack. Tried searching daycare stabbing. It's not uh, the easiest uh, search because there's a lot. And then I searched daycare, daycare stabbing 1990s. Could be a lot of different things. Still but- too many. Yeah. Well, interwar ends. It, it degenerates to a, a smooth transition to American Tale. And that's something this CD also does is the tracks are cross-faded or mixed together. They're CD index Or slammed points. together. Yes. Yes. Right, yeah, but they, they fit together in some yeah. strange jigsaw. The edges butt up against each other very nicely. And American Tale has that perfect mix of bass and high with the delay on it that I really, really like. And the slow flanger on that sample, which is also pitched down a bit, it sounds like. But yes, television news broadcast, right? That That cadence, that sound. And American Tale does this rhythmic thing throughout it, but we have the sample describing the stabbings, and then we have the children playing and then shrieking, I hate you, over and over and delayed and layered before let's get you some food and some clapping. It's such a strange, strange sample that ends it. Totally demented, totally twisted and totally brighter death now because brighter death now will always utilize demented and twisted stuff, especially here on out. Right. Mm -hmm. So again, things like necros, things like the earlier stuff are a little more, I don't want to say straight. They're just, they, they don't have as much as the twist that we're going to see from inner war on. Right. And he, he will also not shy away from mundane samples. I think that goes even as far back as little Roger, right? There's just mm-hmm. yeah. the use of somewhat confusing, mundane, unexciting samples here. They all feel a little bit more focused, but when you're like listening to great death, there's like monster movie and horror movies. There's like a Dawn of the dead sample in there. There's stuff like that that you hear that, is out of context and it's not like the coolest sample you could take from the movie. It's just some thing, some reference to it that fits in the world of brighter death now. And of course, having seen brighter death now play, I think six times now, which I feel very lucky to have seen. And you to, you've gotten to play with them mm-hmm. a couple of those times. Three too, of those three times. Or four, yeah, right? yeah. Wow. But when we saw you last, mm-hmm. when, when we saw them last, you were on that bill and uh, what a great show that was. It was a great show. Yeah, fan- fantastic. Beginning to know Roger's sense of humor a little bit. You learn it through the music and then you, you see the darkness in it, but you also see the the humorous side of what is put into this, even if it's little references or inside jokes or just a way of approaching that darkness. And American Tale it does that with the the strange ending right into no pain and i just looked over at tara's sheet and i see a heart and no pain got a heart on no pain i don't even want to know where the star is as i i i I couldn't choose a star i just i no pain i really the 
the layout is it's my favorite track just because I think that it ha- it touches all of my favorite parts of noise industrial. The hell vocals, the total just breakdown and menace, the oversaturation. I love a wine that hurts your ears. Like I I like the physical pain that you experience from from feedback at times and and I think that throughout this entire album it's so nice because it'll he'll take it down to a really barren place where things are kind of methodical and you're isolated and it's metered and I and I think that adds to you know the the inner war of it all the psychology and then when it goes into that chaos you really get to experience the absolute psychosis right so so then watching something just decompose into something wild and i love i i would love to see this live like I, you get that feeling at a at a you know when you're at a noise show and it starts out small and then when it breaks and then the whole room explodes and everybody's very excited and ready for it to happen. I feel that when I listen to no pain. I, I love this track too. This, that slow grinding propulsion it's off kilter, the, the super processed vocal outbursts. And this one's strange because it feels like it slows down by about 10 BPM over the length of the track. Right. It's yeah. 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 The, decom- subtle, the decomposition, but mm-hmm. it just Slows down a little bit at a time and it gives you this strange lethargy and dragging feeling that it wouldn't happen if it shifted immediately or if it didn't do the the slowdown. So I really dig that part of the track, too. And the feedback goes right into Happy Nation and got some flanger there. We've got another sample before again much like inner war that full break into dissonant rhythmic chaos tried to sort out what this was a reference to stabbed six times skull fracture all knives were were all, all knives were were accounted for tried there was no sign of sexual assault tried sorting that out but but again just take all of those details in Stab six times, a body is found. The knife that was used is not found. No sexual assault. The 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 mystery of all of it. Just the the violence. And and again, this is happy nation. And I mm-hmm. I feel the Americanness yes. of yes, that. I would agree with that. And again, the use of American serial killer samples. Yes. The use of American news broadcasts, uh, the sample on the next track, Little Baby, these things all contribute to a commentary on American violence, I feel like. And certainly this is being worked on in 94, 95, 96. So there was that the beginning of a lot of that, uh, the American serial killer culture, Mm -hmm. Answer Me is out you know, the, the, all these things are starting to, the the idea of serial killers, the books are more and more coming out because Mm -hmm. cases are being solved and, and things like Dahmer becoming huge media. You have OJ. It's just becoming this giant thing that we, that will forever continue to be. And 
you just see coming from Brighter Death now, it feels that he was really embracing that culture that was really at the beginning of becoming popular. Of course, in industrial and PE and noise, it's always been there. But as far as in more popular culture. And violence kind of emerged as part of the American identity. Yeah. I mean, you could always say going all the way back to Manson, but there was something in the early and mid nineties where it just felt like there was this new wave of it becoming. Well, even thinking about like different types of media that were being consumed and, and what everyone had access to and, and certainly looking for things of a darker nature. And I think, you know, we t- we're going to talk about the exposition of cold meat a little more to American audiences, but that must have been happening over time with this and getting more contacts and more information from across the ocean was, sure. was certainly a thing that was going on there. And so getting more access to this sort of material, it's not someone sending a, a sample file. It's, this is some VHS tape or something that he sent or had collected and put down on the record. So yeah, I think that given the interest in the the topics of Little Roger, it's not surprising where yeah, absolutely. Death now has headed, yeah. of course. But again, the very Americanness of this certainly there, and I, I love the high gristle and the sizzling, nasty sounds on this. That just total overload of frequencies on Happy Nation. This is. Super chaotic. And one thing I hear on this and I hear on especially on something like Great Death a lot is an open cable buzz through some sort of distortion or or high gain where it's that 60 hertz thing, but ragged and frazzled. And I feel like if I've ever used that sound, which I have, spoiler alert, it's because (laughs) of Rider Death now. It's because of hearing that crudeness. And also it's like the easiest thing you can do, right? We talked about seeing KK Nolan. He's just playing his thumb on a cable through some pedals. That sound is near and dear and when i hear it in this i hear it at the end of this one that open cable buzz but but blasted and that leads into little baby which has the most uncomfortable sample we will find on this disc it starts with empty air from the sample and it is a young woman talking about instances of incestual child abuse by her father it is a totally miserable and horrible sample to put in a track and very, very unnerving. Just pitch black sample and the clarity of it. This one is very clear. And it yeah, everything pre- else is so obscured. It preceded this, but I was immediately thought of private, public, and Birdseed and Buyer's Market, mm-hmm. the Sotos tracks on the white house albums and then the buyer's market CD, the the CD that he just did himself. And it was actually, it was with Steve Albini was the one who produced it. It actually made everything, the levels the same and the clarity. But up until those, which to me are some of the still to this day, just most incredible, tracks of psychology that are out there at all this is almost a precursor that just because of how clear it is yes and whereas those tracks though we don't you don't get the break they never you don't get any sort of relief where where here the vocals and the loop comes in and the vocals spill over you feel that you've gotten away from it right the 
the Sotos tracks on White House CDs, you never feel that you get away from it. And I said I'd heard a Bright or Death Now track sort of without knowing it, and that was because in 1997, Harmony Corinne's Gummo came out, and this track is in the movie. Uh, Dude, and I went to see I, that in the theatrical oh, yeah. theatrical release for it when it came out. So when you said that when you us said for a, long time. a movie, yeah, I was trying to think uh-huh. what movie it is. Unfortunately, Gummo is actually really difficult to get these days. I think you you actually have a copy. I have right? a DVD. Yeah, I I don't. I certainly have had it. I don't. We certainly don't now. It's one that uh, truly a movie that was huge for us yeah. back then, and I absolutely forgot that the, that this track is on. I there. mean, we reference the bathtub spaghetti so frequently. It, it, that, it, it would just. I will never hey, for, never yeah, forget. Show me. You know, I can watch the Bud Dwyer video. I can watch. You know, faces of death and and traces of death. The scene where he's eating the spaghetti in the dirty bathtub. <laughs> that is, is my kryptonite. Is that is my <laughs> like. I, I'm it. getting he's like, like sweaty Ill. palms, like thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. What an incredible movie! I absolutely forgot that Bright Enough Now is on that soundtrack. Uh, an insane soundtrack. A sp- uh, you know, just completely insane soundtrack. Yes. And. And a totally incredible movie. Been wanting to watch that for a while, but I did actually. I it was one that I was like, oh, I'm just gonna pop over to me. But I'm sure there's a copy of Gummo there, and it's, I find out that it's very hard to find these days, unfortunately. My old roommate had a, a beautiful framed Gummo poster that hung in our living room. Uh, yeah, this is over a decade ago, but it was a nice thing to look at every day. <laughs> I I remember that it was one of the first movies, if not the first movie, that I read a insanely scathing review from Roger Ebert, who generally hates most movies that I love. And it was, and I remember reading it in the newspaper and I want to say Roger, but I could, it could have been Gene Siskel. It was one of the Chicago guys, but just completely scathing. There's no reason for this movie to exist. Zero stars. And I remember being like, Oh, I absolutely need to see this movie as quick as possible. (laughs) And it paid off because it is truly an incredible movie. The, Speaking, just speaking of Gummo, randomly, the yeah, 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 it happens. Feeling of Gummo and the the casting for Gummo, the way he would just go around Nashville and and find locals and put them yeah. in this movie. Like a lot of these people were not actors and have not been actors since. Mm-hmm. Reminds me, I think maybe I've talked about these films, but uh, Giuseppe Andrews made yes. some movies with the denizens of the trailer park that he lives yes. in, and they're. Yes. If you if you are someone who likes Gummo and has not seen the Giuseppe Andrews films, you can find uh, Touch Me in the Morning available via Troma on DVD. A lot of the other stuff he was just burning DVDRs of and, and mailing out, but uh, worth checking out if you like that sort of thing. Just a little recommendation there for our our Gummo loving listeners. And quick one more Gummo anecdote, just because we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. The scene, yeah, because though it takes place in Xenia, Ohio, it was filmed in Nashville. The scene in the kitchen where they're having an arm wrestling and it turns into a fight and he's like fighting the chair. Uh, Someone we know that he was living in that house when they were filming it. And the guy, the one guy had gotten out of jail that morning and he said that it was genuinely tense and like not, it was a very scary night. Like it was not, Mm -hmm. it was what you think it felt like. So there you go. A little gummo. Anecdote didn't know we'd be talking about that, <laughs> yeah. but oh, uh, we digress. I think it's an okay digression. Well, though, it's the, the song yeah. is in the movie, right? Yeah, That's, there you go. Exactly. It's, I don't believe it's on an official soundtrack. There's, I think, like six or seven songs that didn't make it to whatever soundtrack release there was for the movie. Mm. 
but this was licensed from Relapse for the the movie Gummo. It's a legit thing that's in there, which is wild to think about, especially because this came out in '96. The movie was right in production then. I have to imagine, right? Because I think it it premiered in late '97. Yeah. So yeah, uh, just strange, strange uh, thing. Strange fact about a Brighter Death Now song that maybe you mm-hmm. didn't know, but you might have noticed it in Gummo. And the simple rhythmic elements here, the slicing highs, the buried vocals. A Little Baby is a, a great track with a really dark, dark sample and focus. I think I'd saying like we use the term pitch black sometimes, but this is beyond pitch black, you know, and it, and it it's not gratuitous, but it intentionally takes you to just like the depths of where you're willing to go and you're willing to allow people to even think. But that's power electronics mm-hmm. and, and noise. And that's 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 what that's where this can exist. And that's what it's for. The, the the psychology. And it doesn't have to be comfortable. It can be very uncomfortable. And sometimes it should be very uncomfortable because it exists. So you're acknowledging like yeah. that was an experience that happened. It's the, the underground is the place to explore this darkness. It's the place to explore sex or violence. This one is also just great with the almost machine gun, like flapping, firing repetition, a little bit of unpredictable groaning bass, uh, buried, buried sample. This is the hardest to decipher. I think sample for me on this record. Oh, I, I literally wrote very hard to decipher. Yeah, and I, I even <laughs> use my trick. Like if you, iPhones are meant to pick up voice so you can record things on an iPhone and hear voice a little more clearly than you would otherwise. And I can still barely discern anything that they said. I think at one point I hear the word serial killer. It's that roughest, dirtiest sound on the entire album. Yes. It it really felt very, this felt to me like, it was on a four track cassette, you know, that that's the feeling. It's like that a I cassette got. recording of driving with a flat tire. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I love this and I love the atmosphere and I love the, just the, the real dirtiness and the roughness of this track. Due to the processing of it, you know, at the end, right about the, the 25 seconds left, everything peels back and there's, like a pop song. It sounds like junk metal yeah, where it's processed yeah, yeah. and then you I, realize I, I that it's, it's like pop new song. Age. Yeah. 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 It's strange. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So weird synth and I, I wrote metal junk scratch, but then it's not because as soon as you start to think that it reveals itself as a song that's been playing under it and the, the processing thins a little bit. No clue what that is. And, you know, I forgot yeah. the, the hype sticker on the cover. Mm. uneasy listening inner war is total electronic abuse for those obsessed by the darkest and most evil music within the industrial underground pure punishment glorious yes so great (laughs) absolutely yeah it's like uh it's like in this interview roger says bdn is the ultimate freedom no boundaries no obligations just let go absolutely you gotta let go because there's no tomorrow. There's no today. There ain't no tomorrow. S- slower, emptier. But those vocals are no less menacing. 
there's something I notice in some industrial music, especially when using a drum machine, which I mentioned to you guys before that it's in either three, four or four, three time when the drum programming, right. It would have been set to waltz for whatever programming, the way the rhythm hits and the, the pause, the rests are that is on this. There's one other piece. I know there's a track on Necros. It's also got the same time too. When you're listening to it, it doesn't feel they're using drum machine, but it doesn't feel like, a drum machine thing because it doesn't follow what we think of as the normal patterns of a drum machine. I feel like, I mean, you get a very steady rhythm, but if you were to go sit down and try to just punch that into your drum machine, you might not get the timing right because it's in a different time signature slightly. Not that three, four is, is wild or anything, but it's one of those things that I pick out on these things. And I've always liked this track, that bouncing rhythm. It's, it's got such a distinct sound, like being inside of a, rubber ball thrown against like a racquetball court floor or something, but it, but electronic and miserable. Like it's not describing it in a fun way. It's really a miserable, but rotund sound. Absolutely. The, the drum machine on little baby is also very strange and off kilter. I think that that track and notes tomorrow have the oddest drum machine rhythms and yeah, there's the repetitiveness, but because of that strangeness and because of the emptiness of it, it's a welcome repetitiveness and, and it, it lets you just settle into the track and get all absorb it all. The serial killer electronics. That's to me, he, he was the serial killer in this track telling his victim that, there ain't no tomorrow. Yeah, the, the vocals are super distant. The hot, the piercing high end, that just that nasty, nasty high end on it. And we hear the flanger and the delay, you know, listed in the in the gear list. You hear them on this. You hear the flanger. You hear that delay utilized. And the no tomorrow 10 inch, which was released around the same time, uh, 1996, on the Anarchy and Violence sub label. And there's also a seven inch version of it released, which I have not seen, but I, one of the things that was done with the 10 inch version is that all the covers were intentionally damaged. They were all bent, ringwares, rubbed on concrete. Mm -hmm. They look like crap. There's no mint copy of no salvation, no tomorrow. Just the idea that they were intentionally damaged because of, you know, if, if you're constantly shipping things out and how many times have you heard from somebody, they're like, oh, the corner's bent. I need a different one. And you're like, oh, come on. You know, at some point you reach this absurd level and I'm sure running cold meat and, and doing this for so long, it, it was just so satisfying to just damage everything and be like, oh, that's yours. That's, that's how you get it. No two are the same. You can get all of them, but that, that is how you're getting it. And so I, I love that, you know, that subtle trolling that he does just, you know, challenging everyone's shit stirring. You know? It's a yeah, sense of humor just, that I'm talking yeah, about. It's, it's but challenging people's reasons for wanting things. And, and I, I was trying to read my notes for no tomorrow because I, I, I was writing really tiny, wrote a lot, but I, I was saying that this, this track is really menacing. Ah. Uh, and, and I was, and as I was writing that, I thought this track was menacing as are many, uh, because again, they are, they are challenging you. I really, I've just remembered I got menaced today. You did get menaced. I got today. menaced today, Gray. I was really? in 
I was Tara in, got menaced at CVS. I, I got menaced at CVS. I was at CVS getting some medicine so that I don't have a repeat of last night with the old asthma attack. And uh, I couldn't go through the line to check out because there was a a tall man standing in front of me, staring me down who wouldn't let me pass. So I just said, I'm not going to mess with that. I'm going to go the way long way around, went around some things, went to check out. Of course, I know everybody at CVS because I'm there all the time and I like to talk to strangers. So I'm talking to them. Strangers who work at CVS. Well, let's strangers be clear. who work at yeah, CVS that I see <laughs> very frequently. Yeah, let's be quite clear of the story. And as I look over uh, over my shoulder, I see that the man had been taken outside by the security guards and was then tapping the window with a bike seat that he had, but I didn't see, which is, I'm glad I didn't see it, but he had a bike seat and he was tapping it as though he was going to beat me with it when I got outside. Uh, at, through the glass, and then everybody kind of looked startled and looked at it. I was not present. You and were not present. You, we know this because we are recording an episode right now, and I'm not in jail <laughs> well, for completely stomping this guy's my, face in. Well, my sweetie pie friends at CVS um, made sure that the coast was clear and that he moved along, and then uh, they they made sure that I got safely to my vehicle and, and was not beaten with a bicycle seat by the strange gentleman. But yeah, so really, I was menaced this, today. This album between the 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 trauma of <laughs> not being able to breathe and actually being menaced. This is actually what an absolutely perfect yes. album today, and it's, it it's must really have been like a perfect album to listen to right now. What I would have been going through my brain when I was, what would have been going through my brain when I would have been dealing with this character had I been <laughs> oh, there. I would, would never be. <laughs> oh that that yell War, yeah. dude there's an honesty is to the that final yell. track yeah, 100% what an insane track what an insane way to end the album yeah the sample and then that that roaring vocal that brings the track in just brings the the chaos start you know kicks off the chaos and the ruthless feedback on this track Oh, yeah. I mean, what an insane way to end just berserk total war mode to end inner war. And I, of course, love starting with inner war, ending with war. Yes. No pain, no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The American tale, happy nation. Yes. The way the titles all interact with each other and the way this brings it to just a completely violent end. It's a perfect yep. record, even if it was maybe misunderstood by a lot of previous CMI and Bread or Death Now fans who were expecting something on the more Necros mellow side of things, which, of course, Roger would return to, you know, and I talk about uh, very little fun or something. It's uh, definitely more in the great death vein of things oftentimes than this hyper blown out. But we got we got inner war. We got may all be dead. We got obsessives of this very frantic manic style that he developed and obviously all big fans of brighter death now no question uh first hey, time what was the first time you saw him 2003 with was uh, that the chicago show chicago with show slogan and and pretty hot yeah you do you still have the balloon 
No, I, I must have had that when you met me, though, huh? You you had the balloon when I met you, and yeah. I remember how mm-hmm. great it was. There was I think a I had one of each. There was black with silver and silver with black. And I, I remember I the silver with black. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. And it with the with the necros symbol. Yeah, but you you no longer have it. I have I haven't seen that in years. Yeah, that was that was twenty years ago. What <laughs> one cool thing though? Nineteen years is, ago. We I we we did receive a a slogan flyer from the show when and it's it's like a f- specific flyer for that show. Oh, awesome! And he 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 assigned it and stuff. So we we actually have that hanging up. So we do have a memento from the show, even though we weren't there. Yeah, we I have, have of that. course the the flyers that Jinx printed for the show and the picture disc that was put out for it. Yeah, actually. Uh, there were polo shirts with the necros on the main. I still have my polo shirt. What? Oh, you do? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's it's nice. in my closet. Can I wear it? <laughs> it is not. It is not 2023 me size, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll maybe next time we're over, we'll, we'll sift through and see if see if one of us can fit in it. Oh yeah, sure. We'll just see if it fits you guys. That's yeah. No I'm, problem. Just to I, fu- I just wear, to check, I guess. I can just wear every size. Sarah can wear every size. <laughs> I can that wear every size. True. We even used to print on youth and toddler sizes. Uh, and I have some hair police three t-shirts and you know, you can really stretch those guys out. If they fit on my body, I'll wear it. Absolutely. Well, brighter death now, inner war. Perfect album. I have, has been stuck in my brain forever. I barely needed to listen to it to do this episode because I've heard this record so many times it plays in my head uh, I can hear that Ted Bundy sample. I can hear how inner work kicks off. I can hear that ridiculous bouncing nasty rhythm on no tomorrow. I can just hear those things. I can hear the lyrics that I can decipher repeat in my head. That's, this is such a part of what I love about noise and power electronics and brighter death. Now such a amazing album with completely horrible gore cover art right yeah we all, we didn't even re, we yeah. only sort of mentioned it a little bit but yeah the, the art is it's really disgusting and you know compounded with some mid 90s uh computery uh work on some of them making it a little more nauseating maybe in a different way i had never realized that the corpse on the inner sleeve has a brighter death now tattoo on his shoulder yeah, yeah, she yeah, was a fan who uh, who died, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, just a an absolute classic. Also, we, we talked about the uh, mental destruction with madness strikes, and I know we're gonna we're gonna talk about such things over on the Patreon in a little bit, since that is in the uh, 1995 Cold Meat era. But that has the vellum overlay yep. over the booklet, mm-hmm. and this on relapse release has the vellum overlay with the necros on it over the booklet. So, uh, you know, the design mind at work there. In fact, there's uh, that great interview in Bardo Methodology where Roger talks about working on a crappy Mac with an early version, version of Photoshop totally. to assemble it's all so this good. stuff. And I just like picturing him. I think in the interview, that, how did you learn Photoshop? He's like, how does anyone learn how to do anything? I just struggled with it until I figured it out. There was no YouTube tutorials. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. just doing all this stuff. And I guess he was working at a print shop uh, early on running the label. So knew about the printing. That's why you get some of the nice uh, metallic printing on things. You get absurd things like the great death box that has the medallion affixed to, it. you know, learning about the processes of assembling those things uh, definitely lends a hand when you start doing all of this crazy designing. Yeah, certainly he cared about designing and made it cohesive with 
what you are going to listen to. And that interview is great. It's phenomenal. We, I, I planned on referencing it a little more, but I think we just got so excited about mm-hmm. the album that yeah. it, it was more just the knowledge passed on. But hey, maybe someday, Mr. Carmanic, maybe someday yeah. you'll talk to us. There's some- or maybe not. And we're just going to enjoy Brighter Death now we'll just forever. Talk about and you. we'll just talk about you forever. But I think we should go hop over to the Patreon and talk more about cold meat industry, some more about Brighter mm-hmm. Death now, and discuss what a great label, and especially around this time, the cold meat industry was. So hop on over there to hear the extra segment. And listen to Brighter Death Now Inner War. You have been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 20 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noiseextra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.